0: Hey, everybody, what's up? Welcome to episode 189 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Today, we are blessed with the company of Steve Brooman on his fifth anniversary with the team. And we discuss uh, a slew of things, but primarily the discussion revolved around a controversial controversial tweet about the real estate investors um, buying up all of the real estate, and raising prices, and how it shouldn't happen. Or should it? That's what we discussed. Enjoy. So we're going to start the podcast off today with a celebratory drink. Okay. On behalf of Steve in celebration of his um,
1: five-year anniversary with us. Wow. Five years. Perfect, thank you, sir. I can't believe it's five years already. Yeah, so this is
0: Steve's drink of choice, rum chata. But you never, I've just learned, I didn't know this, you've never drank it straight.
1: Uh, no, I don't recall. Okay. Uh, I, might, I might have. Uh,
0: it's a good um, sipping liqueur. Oh. So I assume. I've never had rum chata. But I've had
1: Bailey's. I've had so it's probably the Jamaican same. rum
0: cream, among well, other that's, things. That's the same, right? Same so bit. in
1: coffee, it, I just go crazy. This and glue. Are
0: two excellent um, oh, okay. additives for coffee. So, congrats on your five years with us. Thank you. And uh, to another, at least another five. To at least another five. That has a nice um, cinnamonish taste. Cinnamony yeah. taste. Yeah. Actually, it's not bad uh, on its own.
1: No, it's nice. So you yeah. get like oh, half, nice. yeah. half a glass of that with ice, and that's a great way to end the night. All right. So, is the the object of this podcast to finish this bottle? We'll see if we can finish the bottle <laughs> before
0: the end of the podcast. Yes. Um, so uh, today, the only thing I want to talk about today was um, we'll get to in a minute, but it revolves around um, a tweet that Florencia <laughs> sent to me, oh, and okay. it just intrigued me, and it, uh, it got me interested in talking about a particular topic. <clears throat> but before we get into it, um, sip count. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and beat your sip count. Well, you're going to need to top yourself up. <laughs> get ready to
1: fight. Fight. Record. Sorry to interrupt. Yes.
0: Uh, before we get into it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you started with us, it was new into your... You you weren't. How long were you in the industry already? A year year and a a half ish. Okay, a
1: year and a bit. Yeah, between between. Let's say between one and two. Okay, so for the audience who
0: may not be familiar with you, which if people just follow our podcast, they probably aren't all that familiar with you. If they follow us on social, they probably know you very well. Mm. Uh, You're a funny guy because you're camera shy, (laughs) but you're everyone's favorite person on camera. Who knew? Who knew? So, for those people who may not be familiar with you, tell us your your origin story, where you started,
1: where I started, uh, your your earliest yes. memory, so how you got th- here memory. today,
0: drinking rum chata, on the KT Confidential podcast.
1: All right. Well, how much time do we have? As much <laughs> as you need. <laughs> okay. So originally, I'm from Montreal, uh, La Belle Province, um, born and raised off the island, and I don't know had a family we we're a family of four siblings two great parents um went to school had a great upbringing loved hockey played hockey my entire childhood uh played street hockey on the bikes with the friends none of this uh ps5 or whatever playstations oh yeah, yeah. i'm an old guy so forgive me for the terminology but i was never one of those It wasn't a thing back then. You got the lingo down. I got the lingo down. You do. I did a little homework. And
0: (laughs) for the record, you're a Habs fan.
1: I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan. Absolutely. Well, what do you expect? I grew up there. I've only moved to Ontario about eight years ago, eight or nine years ago. Um, So, yeah, I bleed red, white, and blue. I'm a Habs fan, (laughs) and uh, I love them. And, uh, yeah, so I uh, finished high school. I graduated high school. I was doing the auto mechanics uh, courses. I thought I I was going to be a mechanic. Um, My father was in the car industry, uh, so I was kind of following that. And friends, we were all taking mechanic courses. And I thought I was going to go that route, but I didn't for whatever reason. Um, I liked to tinker with cars back in the day. How old would you have been then? Was that post-education, post-secondary? or was that uh, high in high school, school? that, that was, was in high, the school. high school so okay, the last okay. two years of high school in Quebec high school went up to grade 11 got it from 7 to 11 was high school so I did I think the last three years 9, 10, and 11 I took yeah auto mechanics and a one year of auto body courses um, didn't happen I don't know I just uh, I was able to get a job my father got me a job in a warehouse through a relative Cheers. cheers
0: cheers sip count sip. number I don't know I'm three? one up on you
1: I just worked in a warehouse and just, you know, never knew what I really wanted to do. So I just worked, and I worked my way up from warehouse to the print shop, um, to the IT department and operations, and then procurement was my last gig there. I was with the company for 28 years. Wow. Yeah. It's interesting because,
0: and you're a prime example of it in terms of what you go to school for versus where you end up. Yep. And, do you, but do you, did you go to college? Nope. No. Okay. So same as me. Yeah. Yeah. And are you, I didn't know that about you that you went to, uh, that you were into, uh, automotive.
1: I was. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. do you tinker? Are you mechanically I, inclined? Do you enjoy that stuff? I, no, I don't do it as much anymore. Okay. Uh, maybe about last, the last 10 years I kind of stopped. Okay. Prior to that, I was I would always do my own oil, oil changes. changes. I would replace starters. Uh, I would do all kinds okay. of things. Yeah, I would okay. do it at home. It was fun. But then when I got older. You have better things to do with your time. Better, and yeah. And I, I didn't particularly like working outside in in December trying to change a starter. You know, right. And yeah. 20 below getting underneath the car. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So then I just tinkered around. And I, I really had no inclination of going into real estate. It was it was just I stumbled upon it. And, and then was, you moved here, so or you moved here, I, and I, then you got into real estate. Yeah, actually, I moved here first. So I, our uh, where I was working, we were bought out by an American company. So they did a lot of restructuring, sending jobs to the states, packaging people out. So eventually, yeah. my time came. So we stayed in Quebec for about a year, um, I was just trying to find another job, I just wasn't sure what I wanted to do anymore. Um, then with the whole political situation in Quebec, with the language laws and stuff like that, we decided to leave because my youngest daughter was struggling in school in high school with the French language and all the other subjects uh, because of the French language. And you spoke English at home? We always spoke English at home. Um, At work environment, was mostly English. My friends' sphere sphere of influence, all English. I mean, I had French friends, and I tinkered a little bit and tinkered. I dabbled a little bit, but not enough to make a career to get a job, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, Barb said, let's just go. And I said, okay. So we sold the home, and now we decide where we're going to go. So we came to Ontario because we both have family here. Barb has family across Canada with her eight siblings. (laughs) So we could have gone anywhere. But we ended up here because I wanted to be close to my parents, right? Um, Then just tried to find something here. For the first little while, I found a a part-time job, kind of like sales. Didn't work out. I didn't like it. After speaking with my sister-in-law, she used to do real estate. And she said, uh, "I think you should try it, Steve. You have the personality; people will love you. You should go out and do it." And that they do. And uh, you should read all of your five-star reviews. (laughs) Everybody loves you. (laughs) Well, I I love them back too. They're all great. uh, They're all great people. And that's just me. I mean, I I love helping people um, from finding a rental property to selling their home or buying a home, whatever it is in real estate, and. everything in between i just love so how if
0: if you don't mind me asking how old were you when you
1: started taking your courses so i moved to ontario i was i was not quite 50 yet okay so i was i was probably 50 years old when i changed okay a, a whole new location a whole new career yeah
0: so I think that open that's really interesting here because I yeah. think a lot of people at that age, I think in many cases, probably think, oh, I'm too old to start a new career. Oh, gosh, you're never too old. The age is just the number. Yeah, per, perha- or, or most definitely. But a lot of people don't think that way mm. uh, from conversations I've had anyways. I think a lot of people think, oh, no, it's too late. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and be miserable. Right. You know, versus pursuing something new. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, I think they still have the mindset that, you know, retire 60, 65, perhaps, maybe mm-hmm. 70 now because it's stretching out. Mm-hmm. Cost of living's increasing. Some people will never retire, some by choice, some uh, because they have no choice. Um, but so that's interesting. So 50 years old transition to a new career and one where you're not even guaranteed an, inc- an income. You have to start from zero, work your way up. And mm-hmm. here you are. Uh, six, six and a half years later, uh, since being licensed. And, uh, what advice would you have for somebody of any age in terms of expectations and, or, or inspiration for
1: how to get started? Uh, Don't give up. If you, if you, if, uh, if you have a dream, go for it, right? Don't let anybody tell you otherwise, uh, surround yourself by people that support you and where did you find most of your business in the beginning? Uh referrals, obviously. Um so so when I moved here I had no sphere of influence. I right. had very limited just my sister and her family and hmm. my sister in law and her family. That was pretty much it. I knew nobody else here. You had no friends really nope. at the time. No. Not here anyways. No. Yeah. I had nobody here. So it was just a lot of started out the networking. Uh, when we first moved here, I was lucky enough. We we rented a place and got to know the landlords really, really well. Oh, I know about this, right? Yeah. Um, so they helped me because she worked at a bank and she put me in touch with somebody at the bank. So I, I formed a relationship with that person. Yeah. And we were able to help each other, and that's how it started. Yeah. And that's sometimes how it you know we get, it takes
0: one person with a few connections and they refer you, and then it just steamrolls from there yep you, you absolutely. Get, you get more referrals from each of those people yep um so on and so forth so that's good
1: yeah and i love what i do it's um i always tell people it's for me it's not a job yeah a job is something that you clock in nine to five type of thing and you know for what we do you know it's all hours but you really have to enjoy it yeah and i enjoy it so much it's the fact that it's Yeah, I get paid for what I do at the end. But helping somebody along the way, that's, I'm not going to say payment enough, but that's a form of payment for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and you're very genuine with that. I think a lot of people see that. And that's why you do so well. Yeah. Because, and I think you work especially well with. um,
1: I work well with everybody. Quite a range of people. (laughs) But I've seen,
0: I've seen you do, uh, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you Mm -hmm. seem uh, even more enthusiastic when you're helping first-time like first
1: home buyers. Yeah, I, th- I think you get a lot of joy out of that. I sometimes I get more joy than than them. Right. Yeah. I get super excited can, and absolutely overexcited uh, at, at the beginning. They're not so excited because it's it, they're nervous. Sure. Yeah. Right. Uh, which I understand. So it's a lot of hold, hand holding yeah. and helping them and just saying it's okay. It's we're going to do this, this, and explain everything and go along. And a lot of them are are friends like today yeah right yeah so we, we stay in contact and uh yeah, i love it yeah and here you are and here i am drinking rum chata with you well thanks again cheers five years five years thank you it, and it doesn't seem like five years on one hand it seems it seems like it's just yesterday yeah on the other hand it's it's like 25 years well, in the years. last two
0: years two and a right? half years were uh certainly unique circumstances with covid and mm-hmm. so, you know that was a crazy time for us it was unbelievably busy Mm-hmm. Um, as far as business, and yet confined to homes and working virtually, it was just a lot, a lot of changes. So, uh, what I want to talk about today was uh, so this post that uh, Flo sent me. Right. So I'll play that for you. I, I sent it to you earlier. I'll mm-hmm. play it, and it, it revolves around um, investors buying real estate uh, for rental purposes, residential rental units. And a good topic with you, because you rent, and you're familiar with, you've, you're you uh, immersed in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wouldn't mind your feedback on your thoughts of the whole uh, economy as far as rental properties are concerned. And there are a lot of people, Grant Cardone is a big advocate of it. He's He doesn't believe in owning your primary residence. Right. Um, <clears throat> there's another guy I follow on TikTok, Jim Chung, I believe his name is. And he believes a primary residence, uh, owning a primary residence is a mistake. It's a waste of money. He says you're better to rent where you live and buy real estate that you uh, rent out and right. you, you are a landlord of because those become assets and they generate a degree of cash flow and they become tax. Uh, uh incent, you have incentives from a tax perspective yeah. of writing things off et etc where et cetera, a primary residence in many cases can't be a money pit. Mm-hmm. So um, this post, are you able to put it up Ian or should I just play it on my laptop for play it on your laptop and we'll show it a show later okay so so I thought I was doing a lot I had sixty rental properties and about ten million dollars in real estate owned but wait one minute. You got two hundred and forty two
1: units, thirty two million dollars in real estate. Boom 2,500 units,
0: 175 million. Boom!
1: 220 houses, 25 million. Boom! About 1,500 units, 45 million. Boom! 4,288 units, 335 million dollars. Boom! Boom! 4,288 units. That's crazy. How is that possible? These must be like complexes and. Yeah. Multi, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Multi residential
0: built apartment buildings. It, you know, that's that's what it is. A lot of and in the US you see a lot more I think um of communal kind of rental communities. Mm-hmm. A lot of that sort of structure, gated communities, right. things like that. Um in many cases, in many states, uh, the price point much lower than what we're used to. You know, Big that, difference there. one of those units here would be unaffordable for the average person, let alone a, you know, four thousand two hundred eighty-eight units. But the interesting thing with this, so these are a group of guys. You know, I don't know how many, half a dozen guys, and they own the equivalent to about six hundred million dollars worth of real estate. And uh, in there, there's a, just shy of. I think ninth. was eighty eight hundred units or doors. They refer to them. It, as. It,
1: it's funny though because they all said units except one guy. He said houses. Yeah. So These I two hundred twenty houses. houses. That's different. That's, yeah. That's different. So
0: yeah, I would assume. Yeah, the rest of them are probably uh, condos or like uh, apartment style. Yeah. Yes. So, but what was interesting, I and mean, I saw, I've seen, I saw this video a long time ago. Oh, okay. And. Uh, But Flo sent this to me today. It wasn't so much about the video as much as it was about the content or the comments. So this person said, uh, he was quoting, doing a retweet, quoting this post. And he says, so you're telling me you could free up over $600 million worth of real estate and the only people negatively affected would be the small crowd of men at the hotel bar? Ha ha. That's so crazy. That's so interesting. Um, uh, Anyways, I don't understand what he means by free up. Over six hundred million dollars worth of real estate. How would you interpret? Uh,
1: I I have no idea. But my, my my question would be: obviously, my first thought is they're not the sole owner of each of those units. They, yeah. So they have to be in some sort of partnership with. Yeah. Corporations or multiple other people. That's right? generally how it works. Like they're. Yeah. I so, mean, they. So that's kind of like like almost misleading. No.
0: It for sure it is. Me. Some of them may be like. A very minor contributor to yeah. the pool of funds that was used to purchase those units uh, some of them may in fact uh, legitimately like 60 rentals that seems realistic for somebody that's you know pursuing this as a career um, the other one the bigger ones maybe it is you know his percentage of ownership is much less mm-hmm. um, but the, the thing that so a lot of people on here let's see some of these comments Two hundred forty-two units, thirty-two million dollars. We're gonna say boom. This guy's just repeating.
1: Okay, it's funny though. There was they they bypassed one guy. Yeah. Was he just like a a freeloader? I think he was maybe there at a
0: conference learning.
1: He's like ah, these okay.
0: these are my mentors. Yeah. Okay.
1: He's there for the free drinks.
0: Yes. Nice. Yeah. People do that, right? I don't know why for some reason I can't see half the good comments I was looking at before. But I mean, there were people in here saying. um they're the only people this benefits. Um, sell, your, uh, sell your $600 million and invest it into things that help other people. And there's another lady saying, oh, real estate should be free. And it just it, was, it, oh. it caught my attention because you've got these guys investing in real estate. So first of all, I think they are helping other people. Yeah, well, well of to course, the tune right? of nine almost 9,000 <laughs> yeah. apartments. Yeah. 9 9,000 units we will call them, right? Yeah. Not right because some of them are houses. Yeah. And so 9,000 homes. That's what they are. 9,000 homes. Yeah. Uh probably accommodating 2 to 3 times that many people. Mhm. Right? Yeah. And there is a need for rentals. So despite what everybody's saying in the thread of comments, I think that you know, there's a lack of rentals. The rental market is crazy. Like even still today, it's very competitive. There yeah, was a still. very small blip, I think, towards the beginning stages of COVID, mm-hmm. where that changed primarily in Toronto. A lot of people getting out of the that's city, right, yeah. and that market took a big hit for a few months, perhaps. But that's we, gone back though. It's pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. It'll take long. Um, but that was interesting <laughs> because in the beginning, as an aside, the I was chatting with a realtor who owned a condo in Toronto during that time, and his tenants. Uh, lease was due, and in order to keep the tenant there, he had to take his rent from eighteen hundred to thirteen hundred. Wow, five hundred bucks a month.
1: And how long did he keep it for? I don't that, know. That, that. I'm not sure.
0: I that I just happened to come cross paths oh, okay. with him in a transaction we were doing at a at an, uh, a buyer revisit, and I happened to be there while he brought his clients, and he was telling me that. Uh, so that's how profound of an impact we saw in mm-hmm. the rental market in Toronto. Um, But there is, you know, some people don't want to own homes. Mm -hmm. They don't want to own the primary residence. Some Mm -hmm. people can't afford to buy their primary residence. Um, So rentals are uh, needed. Mm -hmm. I was going to say a a necessary evil, but they're not. They're a good thing.
1: I I think so.
0: There's people that don't want to be tied down to a particular residence for an extended period of time. They don't want the ongoing maintenance and unexpected expenses. Mm -hmm. They... Uh, can rent a bigger property than they can afford
1: to buy. Um, And then, I mean, there's a whole slew of reasons. Mm -hmm. I've had uh, uh, older clients last year, towards the end of last year, we sold their home and they're renting.
0: Right. So what was their motivation?
1: Um, Because they were renting in a a condo. So they had the, the mortgage was paid off and they had the condo fees. Um, but they still had to maintain their unit. Right. Right. So, so like applying, replace it in appliance or toilet or whatever's inside. Yeah. You know, the flooring, uh, when, uh, drapes, whatever. Yeah. Everything has toilet. a life expectancy. Exactly. Right. So they didn't want to have, and they, they were getting older and stuff like that, have some health issues. So they decided, you know what, we're just going to rent sell the property, rent, move somewhere closer to where they wanted to be. Yeah. So they found a place where they wanted to be. They're paying rent. They're happy, very, very happy because they walk in, they use the place, they want to go out, they close the door, lock, don't have to worry about it, right? Yeah.
0: Well, and it's I know- peace of
1: mind for them.
0: Yeah. I've got uh, people right now who <clears throat> at the, in and around the peak of this year's market mm-hmm. saw the shift in the market and said, okay, well, let's- sell and rent mm-hmm. because they want they you know this is kind of reminiscent of twenty seventeen where we experienced a very similar climate in the real estate market. So they saw the similarities and said, Okay, well let now's probably a good time to sell. They sold their house. Mm-hmm. Uh they're sitting on the cash, they're renting a house, waiting out to see what happens. So you know there's another scenario where somebody needed short term accommodations. Maybe for a year, maybe for eight months, maybe for two years. Who knows? Right. Um there's also a lot of people I know people who have virtually zero savings mm-hmm. and you know their retirement plan is their house so when it comes time to sell uh they're hoping that the real estate market's in a good position sell their house, collect a million bucks one point five whatever two million, mm-hmm. and then they rent and then that's their their reserve of cash that they can now put into a safe investment and pull their income out of mm-hmm. so um it's interesting though no, I do think that the government should uh, play a more active role in producing more rental units. In fact, we're starting to see some already. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Uh, I helped somebody recently I mentioned to the team there's a um, they're referred to as luxury rentals at Brawny and Lakeshore mm-hmm. uh, in Oakville. And it's two, I think it's two buildings right at the corner uh, where the old firehouse used to be, right. And it's 100% rentals. So tons of rentals. Brand new building went up. My clients who rented were the f- third uh, occupants in the building.
1: Nice. Yeah. And and, and these are, it's just a, like an apartment style. It's just rental. It's Purpose built. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, they have one here in Milton as well on Costigan. Yeah. Right by the... I think
0: you were the one that mentioned that to me. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Brand, um,
1: new, brand new, about a year old or something. Do you know what the rents are? <laughs> I'm going to say anywhere from two to 2,500. Okay. T- yeah. Ish.
0: So, Oakville, uh, it depended on the, the, stu- the, the
1: size. It varied or, by yeah. size, yeah. but
0: generally, <clears throat> one bedrooms were like 2,300, two bedrooms were 2,600, and then it varied by size and level. Yep. And then parking was additional.
1: Yeah. So rent's
0: rent's not cheap.
1: No, it's not. But if you factor in uh, owning your own home and then your yearly taxes, plus all your maintenance that you need to do over the year, because your roof's not going to last forever, your HVAC won't last forever, right? Well, Uh, I'm
0: at that stage. Now, my house is just over a decade old. So, you know, I have builder grade shingles. mm -hmm. They're not expected to last a whole lot longer. No. Um, My appliances. Yep. You're going to want to upgrade. Well, maybe not
1: you. Yeah, I'm kind of frugal. <laughs> you're, you're frugal. You're talking to yeah. the wrong guy. Sorry. I'm kind of frugal. My neighbor will. Your neighbor My definitely neighbor. will. And there's nothing wrong with <laughs> no. that, right? No, you're, no, not at all. Y- your neighbor works hard for it, and he deserves yeah. it, and he wants it. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. I agree. right? But uh, So, you know, when I say rent is
0: high, and there's no question it's a lot of money. But at the same time, and to the point of these people, so everybody's yeah. giving them a hard time, um, most investors, uh, certainly ones I've been working with, where they're buying you know one or two condos or houses to rent out, and that's in many <clears throat> cases their retirement plan. Um, they're they're short money every month, so they're putting out three, four, five, eight hundred, one thousand okay. dollars a month in additional carrying costs because the rent doesn't cover everything, mm-hmm. um, and in many cases that doesn't cover vacancies and Um, unexpected repairs that's just basic monthly carrying costs so mortgage uh, principal and interest
1: property taxes Uh, that's just part part of the 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 gambling effect I guess or the it's like yeah it's like you know you're taking a chance like the stock market right there's yeah you're up or down so but I think in the long term they're definitely going to benefit right because when they eventually sell well you would think but if you look so I have a a buddy out in Edmonton
0: Mm -hmm. he bought his house I think it was six or seven years ago for, I think, just shy of around 600000 Nice house, nice neighborhood. It was a large bungalow. It was big enough that it needed two furnaces. Like, it was a good-sized wow. bungalow in a really nice neighborhood. Bought it for about $600,000. Uh, eight years later, uh, or six, what did I say, six years? Six or six, eight six, years six. later, uh, sold it for, I think, six eighty. So So... Uh, you know, we are in like our own little, uh, mini, uh, D- different, I was gonna say eco climate or e- eco, eco, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, microclimate of yeah. real estate kind of where the GTA is just, it's whole, it's on its own compared to a lot of the places, right. BC similar, it's I think. Similar, yeah. Um, but anywhere in between and a lot of out East, maybe up until recent years, um, we didn't. We never saw that type of growth there,
1: right? So and, and is that because people can afford like Vancouver and the GTA, and they're going out that way? Yeah, because it's cheaper. And then,
0: well, we're seeing a lot more of that this over yeah. the last couple of years. People Absolutely. leaving Ontario mm-hmm. um, over the course of COVID because of a lot of the restrictions and mm-hmm. mandates, and a lot of people weren't fond of that, or they just realized that they could work remotely and yep. they didn't need to hold this. $2 million house when they can buy the same thing in Halifax for $1 million yeah, and have a better quality life. Uh, so,
1: yeah, a lot of that has happened in the last couple of years. And I've had clients do that actually a couple of years ago. Yes. Yeah.
0: So the one thing yep. I do agree with some of these comments is that um, most definitely investors do contribute to escalating prices from the perspective of adding competition. Mm-hmm. So there are people, actually, here's another one she sent me. So this one, uh, Nicole Funk, or Funk, or Funke, I don't know.
1: Related to Ian?
0: Maybe like, <laughs> maybe somehow. <clears throat> we'll have to. We'll have to investigate. Yes.
1: Get HR on it.
0: All right. Uh, she writes: uh, We literally just bought our house, and this, this is the shit we deal with all the time now. So she's got a text message here oh. from somebody saying, I'm planning to buy three to four properties in Portland. Saw the property from outside at Blank Street. Have you decided to sell this for cash? Jay Williams. And her response is, it's not a property. It's our home. After putting in countless offers on other houses, only only to be beat out by people like you looking for investment properties, we finally got this home to start, our, start a family. So the short answer is go fuck yourself. Nice. Yeah. Short and sweet. So there's no question. I, From the research I've done, mm-hmm. about one in five uh, properties are purchased by investors. Mm-hmm. That's a substantial amount, 20%. That's a big number. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to her comment, there's no way she knows how many people she's been competing against were home, you know, buying for investment purposes or uh, as a primary
1: residence, but she, she may know how many people she's competing against, but she probably doesn't know who she's competing right. against. That's what you meant, okay? That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. She
0: She'll know how many she's yeah. against, but she doesn't know because she said we're competing against. Um, she's what was the term she said? People like you. She's
1: speculating, right? Yeah. People, so people she, have their opinions, and they're they're allowed.
0: They are absolutely um, so. Yeah, there's no question <clears throat> that that contributes to the competition in a market where there is competition. Right now, you're not seeing it. No. Gosh, right no. now, what I'm experiencing is buyers sitting on the sidelines. Yeah. Just watching.
1: Uh, I have buyers not watching, uh, waiting for the right property to come up, being selective.
0: Okay. What type of buyers are those? Right. What are they buying for?
1: Uh, their own personal residence, right? Downsizing, whatever. Okay. So Not, th- not investment.
0: Right. Okay. So that makes sense. So... You know, I don't, I don't think it's a bad time to buy. I think it's maybe a bad time for an investor to buy. Mm. I think it's worth waiting. If I was an investor, I would wait a little bit.
1: Why? The prices are coming down.
0: Prices are coming down, and they're going to continue to go down, I believe.
1: For how long do you think? Like, when do you—where do you see them start to well, level off? Well,
0: seen, we've seen 2.5% <clears throat> increases in the Bank of Canada yep. uh, rate. And more to come, right, this more year? More to come. So mm-hmm. the U.S. Uh, rate just went up 0.75 yesterday. Wow. And everyone is speculating we are going to follow suit with the same in July. And probably for the next, most people are saying we'll see a 0.75% increase for the next two increases. Okay. That's a big change. Mm -hmm. And there's studies that have been done recently by like CBC and uh, companies like that where they're they're speculating or they're (coughs) surveying people saying one in four people can't afford, Mm -hmm. won't be able to afford their home if the rates go up. Um. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. If they're on fixed rates, they're maybe good for another two, three, four years. Except but for the uh,
1: people, the terms that are coming up due now correct. or soon.
0: Yes. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people that, you know, and then some people will allude to the stress test and say, oh, they're okay because three years ago when they got approved or four years ago when they got approved or five years, whatever – uh, they were approved at a higher rate Correct. due to the stress test. But things that weren't taken into consideration then were uh, the unbelievable increase in cost of living. It's crazy now, right? Food, gas, oh. everything, right? Like that's taken a huge chunk out of people's extra spending or mm-hmm. available spending. Yeah. Uh, so you now take that and then add $1,000 to the mortgage. Most people don't have that 1000 bucks available. Right, yeah. So, you know, I can see... Um, I can see more inventory coming now. People are speculating the rate uh, will continue to go. I think maybe we'll see more inventory come to the market because if they're predicting the rate or the the values to go down further, maybe they want to cash out early. We had this discussion just before starting. Yeah. You had had somebody call you.
1: Yeah, I had somebody call me last night actually Mm -hmm. to bring up that exact topic um so that's that's their frame of mind now is to cash out now and just wait to see how the market goes yeah um maybe six months to a year buy something again and see how it goes yeah so in my time
0: in the industry right? which is about a decade that we've only seen one other time like this which i mentioned in 2017 i had one client do that mm-hmm. they cashed out um and they went to rent but they've been renting ever since. They, right. Their intention was to get back in.
1: So is that by choice? They're still renting or by circumstance? Uh,
0: well, when they made the decision to sell, it was with the sole purpose of recognizing they felt like they were at a peak in terms of market value. Right. And they wanted to buy back in when it came back down. Right. But they missed. I don't know if their plans changed or they missed that opportunity. Or maybe they said, well, we've got you know this money in the bank. Let's invest into something else. So they found another investment. Because real estate is just a form of, of, aside from being a home, you know, where you live, it's a form, it's a market, it's a form of investment. I know a lot of people that Mm -hmm. would rather put their money into other things. I don't understand the stock market and ETFs as well as other people do, but I know people that have made the same or more in those markets as I've done in real estate. So... I guess it depends well, on where you want your money.
1: Absolutely. I guess time will tell and see what where the market goes in the next uh, little while, eh?
0: What's your prediction?
1: What's my prediction? At least um, six months, eight months, it's still going to continue to drop, I believe. Yeah. And have, just having that conversation with my client yesterday, I believe we're going to see more people do that. So you're going to have, uh, it's going to be a, like a ripple effect, right? More houses on the market. Yeah. More competition. Yeah. So the prices will continue to drop. Yeah. That's a catch-22. Yeah, Which well, that's what I think.
0: It, it, we see the stats every day. You know, right. yep. the general public will hear about this in a month. Yeah, but every day we go in. You know, there's certain types of homes I'm keeping an eye on. Every day I go in and do a search for that specific type of home in a specific region, mm-hmm. and the number of listings is higher. Right. So I see the inventory increasing, not dramatically, but it's it's, it's there, still increasing. It's still increasing. There was there was a period we've already passed where it was a substantial increase, mm-hmm. and there was a substantial reduction in price. And now it seems to be more of a steady uh, change, but in the same direction. Right. So it's a bit more predictable, which is nice. So if people want to move, like you want a bigger house, and um, you're concerned about the market, I don't think you should be concerned about the market. I think you should sell first, mm-hmm. and then go buy. With you know, there's always unique circumstances depending on what you're buying and what you're selling. But and you know, as long as you're buying and selling in the same time frame, same
1: frame, that's fine.
0: In fact, sometimes now, upsizing, uh, you're coming out ahead. Because as a per- percentage, some of those bigger homes have reduced more Absolutely. than the smaller yeah.
1: homes. So we got lots of that going on. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. That's for sure. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be a f- – um, I'm not going to say a fun change, but it's it's a, a nice change, I think, in a way. Because with with the buyers in the last several months, up to you know, a couple of years, it's it, I felt really bad for them, right? It's yeah. It's very competitive. They are heartbroken. Oh, Christ, we lost another bid. Oh, we got up bid again, 20 offers, 30 offers. I can't compete. Yeah. At least now they have choice and opportunity, right? Yeah. But on, on the flip side, it's the sellers that need to sell when they're losing. Well,
0: there's still some of those in the market that either bought pre-construction yeah. a year or two ago, and now they're closing. I mean, they're still ahead of where they were back Definitely, then. Definitely, yeah. But not what they had hoped for Yeah. in the spring. Or still spring, I or suppose.
1: hoped and slash maybe banked on. Yeah. Maybe they went right? and
0: bought a car and said, geez, we've got way more than we expected. Let's go buy that new car we expected. And that's where people get screwed. Yeah. Right? They're now uh, over, overspending uh, because they had bad expectations. I had a cl- I talked about it in the last podcast. I had a client. Uh, they bought a house that we had listed a number of years ago. Not through us. We had it listed. They were represented mm-hmm. by somebody else. <clears throat> they called me. Couple months back, and said, Hey, we bought a house that you had listed. We met you at the open house. We really like you. We've just gone and bought a house and we'd like you to sell ours. Right. Nice. But they, nice. Yeah. Flattering. But they, um, they hadn't engaged with us prior to buying. So they bought without really knowing what was happening. Mm. So they bought and they ended up selling for, more than a hundred thousand less than they expected to wow yeah so th- you know that they, must have hurt them oh they it, were, were devastated yeah. yeah it was devastating so fortunately for them they could still afford it they just had to put less money down on the new house uh they're carrying a bigger mortgage than they'd hoped for and i think they maybe stretched it out over a longer term to offset the carrying mm. costs a bit um but other people are not so lucky some many people are mm-hmm. just not able to close or they're now taking in private loans to cover the difference that'll so, hurt yeah but at some point uh, that group of people will mm-hmm. be out of the market and it will become more balanced um, but a lot of those people are the ones that are holding on with higher prices in hopes of selling and then at some point they're just gonna say well we just have to sell now for whatever we can sell for and they'll do it and then once a lot of those listings are gone it'll stabilize a bit
1: mm. yeah I was- Looking for some places uh, for a client, and and that's exactly what happened. One particular unit, um, he didn't want to sell it below a certain value. Yeah, and the house it's still sitting, right? He's just going to wait and wait and wait, and it's not so worth.
0: Probably doesn't have to sell.
1: Probably not. I, right? He just wants to wait for that magic number. Yeah. Otherwise, he could have sold it yeah. weeks ago, right? But yeah, well, everybody's motivation, like you said, is different. So.
0: Well, the more the media is yeah. talking about it, the more people will realize what's happening.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's very interesting, though. Yeah,
0: thanks for joining me.
1: Yeah, well, thanks for having me, and uh, thanks. yeah, thanks for the uh, rum chata. That's it's well, happy uh, anniversary. Well, happy anniversary to you too. Yeah, I yeah. guess you can enjoy right?
0: the rest of the bottle over the as you uh maybe sunbathe outside in this sweltering
1: heat. uh No, I don't sunbathe. <laughs> well, enjoy I'm it with your old. coffee. I will definitely have uh, coffee with that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I feel like royalty, I get to sit in Ariel's seat. Yeah, don't tell him. Don't tell him. <laughs> I think somebody will tell him. He'll probably He'll find, probably it. He'll see find it. out. He'll find it somewhere. Ariel, uh, you'll have to uh, raise the seat a little. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Thank you.
0: All right, there you got it. Thank you for watching episode 189 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. If you have Any questions for us? We'd love to get your feedback. Comment below. Let us know what your thoughts are about what's going on in the real estate market or anything real estate related, and we will include it in an upcoming episode. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode every Monday morning at 6 a.m.